Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Deacon John Eckrich and his lovely wife, Lori. They came in to tell us uh, Deacon John's story of how he was called to become a deacon and their life as a married couple in the diaconate in regular life. So it's a, a great interview. Hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. I love to say it like that. With some biblical bites with Dr. B. He sits here and he, if, you, if you're just listening on the radio, if you've never watched us, it's when I say that, but don't say biblical bites with Dr. B. He just looks at me like, are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? Are you going to say, say it? it? It's incomplete. <laughs> yes. Hi, Renee. Hi. What's today? Today's the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time, or so Casey told well, me before sure? we started. So I'm really hoping what, that's is, right. Is that really what he said? Are you remembering it correctly? Because your memory, you know, is a little. I know it is. Shaky. It is definitely shaky. <clears throat> yep, it is the 21st Sunday in Ordinary <clears throat> Time. Why do I ask you that every time? I just to try to trip me up. <laughs> I really believe <laughs> I, that you're trying to mess with me. <laughs> so I, I just real quickly, um, there are 30. Well. Advent, and we got Lent and Easter as well, and then we've got the 34 Sundays of Ordinary Time. So we, we had obviously 52 weeks in the mm-hmm. year, but I think it's just the the final Sunday of the, of the liturgical year is the 34th Sunday, which is actually the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. Mm-hmm. So as we're so this we're 21st we're 21st Sunday today, so we've got 13 more. Yeah, because there's no more. It's all ordinary time all ordinary until time Advent. Until, no. and, yep. So we got 13 more weeks until Advent, which means 17 more weeks till Christmas. Uh, but that, that, I, can't, but just, I can't believe you just I'm sorry, went I'm there. Sorry, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> it is but August 18th. The, the liturgical <laughs> rhythm of the, of the light. Well, the liturgical, the rhythm of the liturgical life of the church, I think just to, to sort of help us to live according to that rhythm as well as yeah, August 18th mm-hmm. or 20th, depending when you're listening to this right. or whatever it is um, to try to become uh, more and more attuned to the, the rhythm of the church calendar mm-hmm. while we're paying attention to the secular calendar mm-hmm. as well. So it is also to try to trip you up, but, but there is the, <laughs> you know, there's actually something that I do uh, along with a liturgical calendar. When I say the rosary, on Sundays, um, I judge. I, I pick the mysteries by what it is for the liturgical oh, year. Neat. So on Advent, I do joyful. On oh, yeah, Lent, yep. we do Sh- sorrowful. Yes, yes. Easter is yep. uh, glorious. glorious. Thank you. And then the ordinary time, I do luminous, luminous. which is my favorite. Yep, yep, yep. So, anyway. so it's not. It is not just. It's not mostly to trick you up. Um, <laughs> it is to to remember. But I've never explained that. So right. What right. Um, so the the you know we always we talk often on biblical bites about how there's a connection a thematic connection between the first reading the psalm and the gospel. Right. This weekend, this Sunday, I should say, that is crystal clear. Okay. If you're paying attention to the readings, we have Isaiah, and Isaiah talks about how. Um, Thus says the Lord, I know their works and their thoughts that I shall come to gather nations of every language. They shall come and see my glory. I'll set a sign among them. From them, I will send fugitives to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, and Lud, Masak, and Tubal, and Javan, to the distant coastlands that have never heard of my fame or see my glory, etc., etc., etc. The responsorial psalm is super short. The, refer- the, the responses go out to all the world and tell the good news. And then it's praise the Lord, all you nations, glorify him, all you peoples, response. For steadfast is his kindness towards us, and the fidelity of the Lord endures forever, response, the end. 
That's Whoa. it. And then the gospel um, ends with Jesus talking about how uh, there will be well and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God yourself cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, the north and the south, and recline at table in the kingdom of God. Sounds like it was a good day for maps, perhaps, it's a, today. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> so the theme there is the gathering of the nations mm-hmm. to, Jer- Isaiah goes, to Jerusalem. to God. So we, we've touched on this before based on the readings. Um when Jesus comes, he proclaims, and his primary mission is to his fellow Jews, mm, right. to the Jewish men and women of his time. But he came to remind the Jews that they were to be a blessing to all the nations, that through them, salvation would come to all peoples. And that happens mm-hmm. through him. Right. Um, but this wasn't completely out of the blue. Like when, when, the, the first Christians, the Jewish Christians, you know, the apostles and Mary and the rest, when they, when they um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, remembered everything that Jesus said and did, and then they were reading the Old Testament scriptures like the very end of Isaiah. So the first reading is, comes from um, it, nearly the very end of the book of the prophet Isaiah. They, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like this is all connecting this idea of, of of reaching out beyond the Jewish people, the people of the covenant, to all the nations, mm-hmm. to the Gentiles as well. That was already spoken of centuries ago right. by people like Isaiah. And now in Jesus, it's, it's being fulfilled. Um, so this is just another example where Jesus is fulfilling the Old, Old Testament expectation, but he goes beyond it. Right. Uh, and just one little thing. Um, so from the, the very end of the first reading from Isaiah chapter 66, some of these, so some of these Gentiles, some of these foreign peoples who all will dry in, I will take as priests and Levites, says the Lord. Ooh. That particularly would have been like... I was going to say that had to set off a little... You warning bell or something. You would think so, that, but that's again Isaiah sending <laughs> yeah. this is what's going to happen. And and priests and Levites here, it, we we shouldn't think immediately of the ordained. Right. That's actually you and me as well. By virtue of our baptism, we are commissioned as priests in and through Jesus Christ, the baptismal priesthood that we're all called to, as well as the ordained that some come to as well. It was all foretold in Isaiah and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Uh, thanks for connecting those for us. It'll be a short Sunday. Amen. (laughs) In the studio with me today, I have a lovely couple. We have Deacon John Eckrich with his wife, Lori. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really glad you came in. We're going to find out um, how Deacon John, do you prefer Deacon John or Deacon Eckrich? John's. Okay. We're going to find out how you got your call to become a, a deacon and what that was like in your life as a couple and how it's kind of played out because you were recently ordained. So I want to see how this has played out so far. (laughs) So thanks for being here. Um, Okay. If we can, let's start with a little background about you guys and your family, please. We've been married. I have to do the math. 34, (laughs) 34. 34. Thank you. Okay. Um, Years and three grown girls. Okay. Two of whom live in Sioux Falls. And one in North Carolina. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, one grandchild and one on the way. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and where did you two grow up? In South Dakota? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I grew up in Aberdeen. Okay. And I grew up halfway in between Vermilion and Beersford. I'm a farm kid. Oh, okay. Very nice. 
Yeah. Uh, and you grew up in, in Aberdeen, in Aberdeen, town. Aberdeen, yeah. Went through Catholic the whole school? Catholic schools. Yes, Catholic school system. Yes. Very good. And what was your, you clearly didn't, weren't thinking, hey, I'm going to be a deacon when I grow up. <laughs> no, didn't even <laughs> know what one was. Had no idea what that even meant. You know, that's a good point because um, we, Deacon John and I were just talking before we came on about of what years we kind of grew up in. And um, in the 70s and 80s, there wasn't, I don't think there were a lot of deacons around at the time. Is that right? I, I didn't even really see someone that I knew was a deacon until I moved here to Sioux Falls in like 95. Mm -hmm. 95 was the first time I ever really had any exposure right. to a deacon. Right. Right. And that's kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> okay. So uh, what did you go to school for? In did college? You, what did you do? Yeah. What did you do with your regular life? Well, my I have a, 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 a degree in computer science okay. from Iowa State and then a master's in computer engineering. Okay. So my husband went to Iowa State for architecture. Oh, yeah. That's a great architecture. School. It is. Yes, it is. Good computer science, too. Yes. Uh, so you've been working a lot of years as? I have a small company. Oh, okay. Yeah. We make a very specialized equipment, switches and digital voice output devices for people with disabilities. Oh, okay. Typically kids in a classroom. Sure. That's where you see most of it. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and Lori, I know you're, a, you're in engineering somehow. I am also an engineer. Yeah. We actually met when we were both working on our master's in oh. engineering oh. at Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Very nice. My first half of my career was in environmental okay. engineering. Second half has been all healthcare. Oh, and I love that. So, I, uh, as far as like building hospitals and stuff, or is this both like building in, uh -huh. and maintaining? And you know, people don't think about hospitals as being a big building with lots of infrastructure that lots of lives depend on. Yep, that's what I do. Sure. Yeah. Um, my husband, as the architect, he does a lot of work with Avera, so they he does okay. a lot of. Clinics and hospitals and stuff like that. So he's very involved in that that kind of stuff. They're huge buildings that They're, have a yeah. lot of complications going on in them. So, right. um, okay, good. So you have three girls, and um, so Deacon John, if you will tell us, when did you? You've been married a long time, and you just were ordained a deacon it, last year. It only feels like a couple so. of years. <laughs> you set them up, I knock them down. That was that was. The, I was going to say that was the right. Answer <laughs> the right response. Um, so, when did you, when were you starting to think about becoming a deacon? Uh, I, I've been thinking about it sort of privately mm -hmm. for decades. Okay. But it really wasn't until the day of Carl's funeral, um, my, my twin brother, the day of his funeral. Oh. Um, I gave the eulogy, and for some reason, Lori was compelled to ask me. She said, have you ever thought about being a deacon? Where'd that come from? Because I was. But I said, my answer was yes, but it's not something I want to pursue until the girls are old. Ah, uh, sure. Until get out of high sure. school. That was, so we're looking at 20 some years ago. Right. So Lori, what made you say that to him in that eulogy? Do you know, yes. remember? Oh. <laughs> deacon John is very interested in this. Well, actually... It was, John was very pastoral, mm -hmm. even though he was, I'm quite certain, the closest person to Carl on earth. Right. Yet, 
with his eulogy and with the whole process, he was very caring and he was very concerned, particularly with the rest of his family and Carl's wife and kids. And sure. he was just very suited to the whole situation, even right. though it was incredibly difficult. Right. So did you know what you were asking him at the time? <laughs> I mean, were you familiar with what a deacon does and all of that stuff or a little bit, mm -hmm. but not, not to the extent that I am now. Right. Right. And then about 20 years after that, I went to the um, website and I looked at deacon. There was a pull down or something mm -hmm. and that it listed three or four books. You bought two of them for me. Oh. Uh, I, I think I bought everything that was listed, wrapped it up, and put it under the Christmas tree. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was a huge hint, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know what? Because I was thinking about it, but it was something, because she initiated, mm -hmm. it was something that I had already received an affirmation from her. Because, you know, yeah. the wife has to be 100%, the wife. Um, our wives have yes. to be 100% on board. Yes. And so that was not some kind of a, a concern or an apprehension that I ever even had to worry about from day one. Right. That's huge. I have to imagine that was quite comforting for you. Well, yeah, to, to have, well, there's one 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 thing out of the way now, one <laughs> right. less obstacle to this, this whole thing. Right. Yeah. And so how long was it? You, you waited until the girls were... Out of the Pretty house. Pretty much out of high school. Well, yes, they were out of high okay. school. So and so after she asked me, it was roughly 15 years ago or so. So that was about six years ago mm -hmm. was where I finally, I, I went to her and I said, um, I'm thinking about doing this application. Mm -hmm. Actually, that Christmas was the Christmas before Thane started yeah. his ah, formation. Ah, sure. Thane. Deacon yeah. Thane Barnier. Deacon, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. The, Good friend of mine. Yep. Very cool. And and so then I had to wait roughly a year till they took applications. Oh, sure. And I had mine done and in in about a week with all of the stuff I had to do, tons of paperwork you yep. had to do and I had it right on. Yep. Right on. And and they don't they don't just let you apply and then like, "Okay, you're a deacon." There's oh. there's some work behind that, isn't yeah, there? Can you tell us about that? Thankfully, there's some yeah. work. Yeah. The whole formation process. Yeah. There is work to it. It's academic, which I love. I forgot how much <laughs> I like learning. And, um, of course, very important, the prayer life. Mm -hmm. And then, in my particular case, um, as when probably everybody's, you go into a process like this. I don't care what age you are. I know you're taking some baggage with you. Mm -hmm. And you need to face that right. baggage from your life and deal with it in whatever way the Holy Spirit brings you to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that was the case for me mm -hmm. as well. That's a good point, because that's actually very similar to what um, young men do in seminary as well. They have to kind of deal with any things of the world that are still kind of holding them down. So it's good to hear that they do that with deacons as well. Yeah. So, <clears throat> as I said, you were ordained just like last year, 15, right? 15 months ago. 15 months. <laughs> 15 months ago yesterday. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what what was what stands out to you the most from your ordination day? Um, One... Thing. Very clear, very clear. Uh, when I went to uh, kneel mm -hmm. in front of the bishop for him to lay hands on me, if you look at the the, the, the recording, you know, four or five seconds, mm -hmm. 
but time stopped for me. Oh, wow. Time stopped. If you, if I didn't know any better, I would have said I was there for 15 minutes. <laughs> I was completely unaware of the people in the nave. I was unaware of the presence of the deacons on either side of the bishop. There were three people there mm-hmm. as far as I could perceive me, the bishop and the Holy spirit. Wow. And like I say, time stopped. The only reason I know it was five seconds is because, you know, my, my, my cognition, my <laughs> intellect says that it was only five seconds. Right. It felt like 15. Right. It was timeless. Time stopped. That's really incredible. It was bizarre. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, okay. So, uh, how has so far, I mean, this has only been 15 months, but has this changed your marriage at all yet so far? It has deepened our prayer life Mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I can't think of negatives. I mean, sometimes you feel a little tired because sure. you are busy um, and there's a little bit more scheduling oh, that sure. has to get done. Yeah. But it's good. It's very good. Good. How about for you? Uh, yeah, I, I um, second to that. It, the, the formation process itself is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Even if I would have been discerned out after only two years, the benefits from that, like Lori said, your deepened prayer life, mm-hmm. um, even tossing that baggage aside that you didn't know you were carrying with you since you were nine years right. old, say, <laughs> um, all of those things, for whatever reason, lend themselves to being a better listener, mm-hmm. a better, more empathetic spouse, all, all of those things. Mm-hmm. It was, and, and, and it's much deeper. It is significantly improved in my in my experience. Right. Yeah. It makes me wonder if we need some deeper formation for married couples, even even after you get married and just continue on. Well, I they, guess that's called counseling, well, right? <laughs> they, but in, in some in some places they are doing that. Sure. There's the marriage prep and then it continues after your oh, marriage. Oh, I didn't know some that. Places that. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And I bet you can actually get things like that from the Lord Center. I know they, they do a lot of kind of human sure. formation type yeah. uh, things, which is really great. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you just joined us, we're talking to Deacon John and Lori Eckrich about uh, their lives as deacon and deacon's wife. And they are both at, uh, Deacon John is um, assigned to St. Michael Parish, and so they are mm-hmm. uh, members at St. Michael Parish. Uh, okay, so Deacon John, what kind of things do you do as a deacon? We know you're assigned to a parish, mm-hmm. but what what kind of things do you do? I'm a little, it's a little unusual for me that most deacons are already retired from their secular right. jobs. I got a few years to go. Okay. And so um, they haven't put me to work as much as they'd probably like. <laughs> but, you know, deacon comes from the Greek diakonos, which means service right. or to serve. And that is what a lot of deacons do. That's very, very important. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what a deacon does is is, is not seen by a, a lot of right. people. And I, I happen to favor St. Francis House. I really like it. There. Oh, sure. So I spend some time there. Um I'm learning. I'm part of. I'm, I'm part of the um, school of missionary discipleship uh, class. Yes. So learning how to be a um, spiritual director. Very good. In fact, my my old, one of my older brothers I was talking to on the phone last night wants me to be his spiritual director. It's like, well, how's that <laughs> like, work? I'm you're, not sure about that. You're my <laughs> older brother. So we have to anyway. But those things, and then of course all the liturgical things. Sure. Um, I love. I love. I love preaching. And, that's, where, that's the place where I feel most comfortable. Okay. And I've done some writing. 
Okay. Um, a little bit. Yeah, I think we've had you. I did some. Do yeah, something for the article. Bishop's Bulletin, if yeah, I remember yeah, right. It, yeah. It, it, it's it's fun. It's yeah. Is it different? You have um, uh, celebrated mass with Bishop uh, once or twice, correct? Yeah. Yes. How is that different from when you're at St. Michael? It's different in the sense that all priests do something a little different. Oh, sure. <laughs> and you have to learn all their little nuances. Yep. Yep. And, um, uh, but um, with the bishop, there are things that are different. Mm-hmm. Of course, after you read the gospel, you do not, the, right. the person reading it, the deacon does not venerate the gospel. He right. takes it over to the bishop. Things like that. A lot of liturgical little things like mm-hmm. that. When the deacon asks the bishop for a blessing, the bishop remains seated. You have oh, to remember that's right. That. Yeah. Sometimes there's incense. You have to wait for this. So <laughs> being a deacon in a liturgical like uh, process like the Mass, you have to watch your cues. I know that sounds kind of mechanical, but you, but do. you do. We live and die practically, I exaggerate a little bit, but off of the cues. So you're constantly watching the cues. Right. So when you're doing that stational Mass with the bishop, mm-hmm. the cues are a little different. Yep. And you have to get some things straightened out. And I, I just did it this Saturday. And we had uh-huh. one little liturgical bauble. And by the grace of God, I will one day do a stational mass with no <laughs> liturgical baubles. Oh, I doubt it because we can't even record it without any <laughs> liturgical baubles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's, that it's one was rather bad. <laughs> he's so pastoral and he's so kind. And yeah, we talk in the sacristy afterwards and beforehand. And he really has a way of making you feel comfortable and when he's speaking yes. to you face to face, you feel like you're the only one in the room. Yep. Very true. He's very attentive, which yeah. is nice. Very yeah. attentive. Uh, that particular, sometimes TV mass can be a little bit of a, of a challenge. And we did have just in case I'm sure some, some people saw it. We had a little, some technical difficulties with our <laughs> equipment in the back. So yeah, sometimes it's not, sometimes the deacon and the, Bishop can do everything perfectly right, yeah. and the computer just doesn't cooperate. Sure. So. Sure. If it's not on me, I'm okay. Nope, it's not on you. You are all good. Um, what's the most memorable thing you've done so far as a deacon? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I do this uh, business trip every year in, in, in Florida. I've been okay. doing it for 25 years in mm-hmm. Orlando. I discovered several years ago a basilica, only a mile, less than a mile from my hotel. It is the... The Shrine of the National Basilica of Mary, Queen of the Universe. Okay. Okay. That's a long name. Yeah. So I used to go there for daily mass mm-hmm. all, you know, when, I, when I'd get a chance, which is which was every year. I So last year I was a deacon. Oh, so, sure. So it's like, I'm going to do all the paperwork so that I can assist at oh, mass. Cool. Oh, and and so I did, and it was a you know our my my people have to get with his people, right. their people, and you, know, <laughs> you have people, yeah, my people, <laughs> the, the, the diocese, yeah, yep. yeah. And we do all the paperwork, so I so we did, and and I and I got there, and it happened to be a weekend where uh, the deacons for St. Michael's were preaching. So I already had, even though I was in Orlando, I still had a oh a, a, homily, a, a right. homily prepared sure. because. My flight got in just before the 6 p.m. mass on Sunday so I could get there and preach sure. any, which I did make. It was awesome. So I, 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 I'm i there, and the priest is a like a missionary priest from Poland. He's got the like, <laughs> heavy, heavy accent. accent. <laughs> and I had told him this, that I had that I had already prepared a homily, but I, was, you know, I wasn't going to preach or anything. Right. So we're up there in the, in the sanctuary, in, in huge sanctuary. It's four times the size of our cathedral oh, wow. sanctuary, easily. And I— 
go up there. I walk across the tundra all the way from my chair to the <laughs> to the uh, to the ambo, and I and I read the gospel, and then I'm on my way back. And he looks at me. He goes like. You're, you're preaching, you're buddy. Preach? So, yeah. So I just did a beeline, turned right back, went to it, had, had it in my pocket, pulled it out, and said, I'll be preaching the gospel this morning. So I preached. Uh-huh. A homily here, this punk deacon <laughs> preaching at a national Brand basilica. New? And it probably held, I'm guessing, 2,000 people. Oh, wow. There were, there were probably five or 600 in there. Mm-hmm. But what was neat was that there, it's an international audience because it's Orlando for one, and it's a basilica, I, too many things happened. I was meant to say something to someone. Mm-hmm. And um, there was something in my homily, and I, and I believe this, prop, I, I strongly believe in the providential dance, mm-hmm. how complex it is. Mm-hmm. Someone, somehow, some way, needed to hear something that I was just an instrument for, right. that the Holy Spirit wanted to say to somebody. Mm-hmm. And because um, too too many weird things like that happened, <laughs> yes. I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have preached, but someone somehow heard what they needed to hear. And that's a prayer that I mm-hmm. always say mm-hmm. before I preach, before I even write. Is that's a that good idea. I that the Holy Spirit will be with me, so that I will say only the words He wants me to hear to say, mm-hmm. so that they will hear only the words that He wants them to hear. Right, and, right. And that came to fruition, I believe. That's a great way to just make sure you're doing God's will. As possible, because yes. we try, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's constantly, constantly giving it over to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, good. Um, so, <clears throat> Lori, are there some ways that you and your family share your faith with others that uh, you've kind of done maybe all through the years, or maybe are new even? Well, I think you just have to be open and listen to the person. Mm-hmm. Um. For example, I had a co-worker who was fairly concerned about some things that were happening last week. And she called me fairly early in the morning, but I was going to another location and was there very early. So I just pulled into a parking spot and she called and talked and vented for a while. And I said, well... I'm not certain, but there's a really short prayer I sometimes say that I think might be useful. Mm -hmm. Just come, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And she kind of stopped, and we wrapped it up. I saw her later that day, and I think it was going well. So (laughs) Good, good. That's a great way to uh, really live your Catholic faith, to be able to share it with other people. In very simple ways like that. Like you didn't get in, you know, get in her business or anything like that. You just listened and then shared something very simple, which hopefully happened. Very lovely. All right. Um, we are out of time, which happens way too fast. I know all the time. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in and telling us your story. Glad to have gotten to met you last week and yes. gotten to rope you into coming yeah. in here and oh, talk to you us. You didn't have to rope me. Uh, it wasn't very hard. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you two, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. Uh, if you uh, haven't found us yet on, on the internet, you can find us at Facebook, and, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and at YouTube at SF Diocese, and also now at Rumble as well. And you can also find us always at sfcatholic.org. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.